I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Welcome to the Poisoner's Cabinet. I'm Sinead. And I'm Nick. And this is your weekly podcast exploring the lives of the great poisoners and macabre murders from across the centuries and creating curious cocktails inspired by the tales that we tell. And it's episode 105. 105. 105. It is. It's, it's, it's a very big number. We're off on a roll after the roller coaster that was the season opener last week. It was very exciting. It was very exciting. So much wallpaper. So much wallpaper <laughs> all over. We wallpapered our faces. It was very good. Yeah, so thank you for everyone's lovely comments about yeah. returning on season three. We were so glad that everyone enjoyed how we opened the show and we're glad to be back. We continue to be glad to be back. We continue to be glad to be back. We continue to be, which is existential. It is rather, isn't it? time of the podcast. <laughs> we continue to be or we don't continue to be. We're not entirely sure. <laughs> It's a lesser known Hamlet speech. Exactly. I'm not entirely sure. What do you guys think? You, audience. Oh no, I'm not supposed to do that, Mr. Shakespeare. Sorry. How are you, Nick? I'm alright. You're alright? I'm alright. <laughs> good. It's boding well. It's going well. It's going great. I think this is going to be a good episode because this is the first time in a while we both had a starter Negroni. And you can tell yes. that it's kicking it's in. Three cocktail, cocktail, cocktail. Okay, well, how many are they going to... Oh, I shouldn't ask, really. Probably uh, It's best not to dug in that thread. But you've had a good week. Ah, I can't complain. Good. Any poisonings this week? Um... No. No, you had to think for a I moment. had to think. It's been a bit, it has been a busy week. So yes, yes. it's been difficult to concentrate on the general mayhem around. If something if should happen to be in someone else's drink that wasn't there before, it's not my fault. <laughs> you were juggling paperwork. Yeah, absolutely. You were arranging sofas on top of each other. Precisely. This will be your court transcript. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck, it's recording. <laughs> <laughs> you swilling the negroni in the sand going, who's to say if it was me? Well, these people fucking did. <laughs> you did. I got it on recording. <laughs> you oh, said <God>. that. <laughs> well, speaking of having terrible defences in court and uh, drinking negronis until we commit crimes, mm. I think it's time for us to thank our delicious new Patreon subscribers. And we should. We have one this week. We have a Amanda Garland, who has put a horrendous burden on us all oh. by signing up for a year. Oh, yeah! Oh, so we're stuck with another year of this, are we? Another year. Fair enough. Patreon. I'm up for it. Thank you so much, Amanda. You're very, very sexy. We love all of our annual subscribers to Patreon. That is something you can do. Great as a gift, by the way. You know any fans who have got birthdays or Christmases or 
bot mitzvahs, bar mitzvahs. Bot mitzvahs. It's a great gift idea if anyone does have a special occasion or uh, something to commiserate, actually. If they're sad, buy them an annual subscription to Patreon. It'll cheer them up. Hey. Absolutely. All that death, it's very jolly. It is. But we also love all of our regular Patreon subscribers. Thank you so much for supporting us. We've had fun over on Patreon. Oh, we got a bit witchy this week. I like this a bit one. Yeah, it was good. Occulti- of course you did. Of course yeah, you did. It was my episode. Of course, it's fucking brilliant. You were <laughs> positively fizzing with excitement. I was. It was exciting. Yes, because you delved a little into the occult, an area that Nick knows very well. He knows the history of it. And yeah, we had a lovely little segue into the, the darkness. trip down the occultist lane. Indeed. And it was fun. It was jolly. Yes. So join Patreon if you want to know more about that. Yes. Well, Nick. Mm. Are you mm. ready? Drink cocktails and talk mm. about poison. Okay. Or. Or. Drink poison and talk about cocktails. <laughs> yeah, let's do one of them. <laughs> the one that I can have a drink. <laughs> Whatever that one is, I'll do that. We'll go with the first one. Okay. Good. Great. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. getting weird now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll go with the first one. Hooray, hooray, hooray. It's Nick's story this week. Woohoo. But we can't, we can't, we can't possibly have a story without a cocktail in hand. As you know, dear listeners, every week we choose a secret ingredient that's inspired by the tale that we tell, and it will flavor our cocktail of the week. So, with Nick's story, his pick. And the secret ingredient this week is Nick. Is. A lovely, lovely little crocus. A crocus. A crocus. Maybe more than one. Who can say? Now, is it croci or crocodes? <laughs> crocodes. No, I, I don't know. Crocuses. I'm going with crocuses. Crocus, crocuses. Crocuses. I, I don't know. I, don't I did know. not look this up. I meant no. to, but but a, a crocus and its friends. Yes. That's the <laughs> crocus and friends. Crocus and friends. <laughs> a crocus, a beautiful, beautiful flower. Ah, lovely. They come in purples and whites and. Other colours. And other colours. <laughs> oh, the botanist in the room. <laughs> but crocus. Okay, so crocus is also... Mm. Now, am I right in thinking there's an ingredient associated with this lovely flower? Well, there there are a few, potentially. Oh, there are a there? few derivatives, things that come from the crocus. One of them may well be the ingredient you are referring to. Okay. Is it saffron? It is indeed saffron. Saffron. Very expensive. The most expensive herb ever known oh, it's to the mo- Yes, I think it's the most expensive thing by weight. Sort of like pound yes, for ever. pound is the most expensive thing in the history of the world ever. Yes. Um, I think, which is okay. Fair enough. And it's the sort of thing when you're younger, you kind of go, oh, I should use this to flavour a curry. And then it just gets all over your hands in your kitchen. And yeah, and it actually has very little flavour. No, it's not. It's, but not it, it's a lovely colour. Very Absolutely. Nice. It's a very nice colour. But it does have a bit of a sort of an earthy sort of flavour. But it's, yeah, there's not a huge amount of it. But anyway, it's very fancy. So uh, we're going to use some of that. Oh, we're going to use some. We're going we're gonna to use some of that. Yay! Okay. What Indeed. are the other derivatives of the crocus? You, well, you'll, you'll find out. Oh, interesting. Okay, you'll, well, you'll find out. Okay, so with crocus and, and its derivatives. Yes. What have you? Well, you have mentioned the saffron. The saffron. So we are going to have a saffron rising. Saffron rising. Saffron rising. I don't know how I feel about that name. Why? Why? Why do you not feel about that name? It's or just it's... a bit lazy. I don't know. Oh. I don't know why I'm reacting so violently. I mean, yes, it. I mean this is a strong reaction to to a cocktail. Well, saffron can't rise, can it? It's well, it what? comes out. It comes from a plant. The plants rise. Oh, okay, all right. That's growing, really, isn't it? Okay, we'll call it the saffron growing then. <laughs> Doesn't quite have the same ring to it, does it? Yeah, don't know what I've got against saffron. You, you really, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. You've got a thing against this one. Saffron rising sounds like a like an actress who's not done well. 
<laughs> I mean, saf- saffron falling, surely. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a good point. Well, anyway, okay, saffron rising. Yeah. I'm intrigued. I've got a lot to live up to, apparently. That <laughs> I've decided. Yeah, <laughs> a minute ago it was shit all, so and now you decided it's got a lot to live up to. So make up your fucking mind. <laughs> Well, I think it's important that we get into the poisonous cabinet kitchen and shake up a storm, so we'll see you in a minute. We'll see you in a bit. And we're back. Hello. Oh, Nick, the saffron rising. Yes. This is resplendent with colour. It is most resplendent with colour, indeed. Yes, as yeah. one would expect from a... As one would hope. ...crocusy, saffrony drink. Yes, indeed. Yes, it is a beautiful, stunning it is yellow. The most yellowest thing in the history of yellow. It really is. I mean, I don't think it's, this is practically neon. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think the photos will do it justice. No, this I imagine is, not. This is neon yellow, so it looks amazing. I don't know about saffron as an ingredient, though. It's a herby thing. It's for putting in curries. <laughs> okay, right. Well, cheers, Merry cheers, Christmas, Merry Christmas, saffron rising. Let's mm-hmm. dive in. Oh, it's sharp. Oh, I find that very pleasant. That is nice. Oh, I am very pleasantly surprised there. Yeah. Mm. Oh, it's got a lovely citrusy aroma to it, Nick. Well done. Mm. Ooh. And that's an entirely tasty drink. Yeah, really, really citrusy. Yeah. Must admit, I'm not entirely sure how much the saffron is coming through. <laughs> Apart from in the most splendid colour. Well, that's all um, you'd want, really. Well, so why not? I don't know if there's any saffrony flavour coming in there, but it's certainly from the appearance, it's, that's well, got saffron in it. It's got a, an earthy tiny bit of quality to it talk us through it well so yes we so we have for our saffron we have a, a saffron infused gin uh, uh, nice. base. that we have nice. actually used before have we in many many moons ago oh. we used saffron gin for something so i had some in the cupboard oh, um so clever. this has actually been infusing for many 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 months hence the neon uh, color because <laughs> this has been sitting there in the in the in back of a dark cupboard Ooh. for for months now sort of infusing so that we've got a really vivid color which is fantastic right. yeah so we have uh, we have a saffron gin we have some triple sec so we have an orange citrus going on there Delicious. so we have uh, some limoncello uh, in there again, as well. Very again, yellowy lemoniness. We have some lemon juice to highlight the lemon lemoniness. <laughs> a bit of sugar and okay. some orange bitters, again, to accentuate the oranginess. Yeah. Um, pretty sort of classic cocktail, really, with, yeah, gin, mm. citrus. How much the saffron adds to it, apart from the visual side of things, I don't know, but it's a very pleasant cocktail. Exactly. I'm sure it would be just as pleasant with normal gin, but nowhere near as visually striking. It's a, it's a really good cocktail, I think, to serve mm. to people, because if you walk into someone's house... And you handed them this drink. It oh, looks a, it looks amazing. Amazing. It looks like, how did you do this? How did you no. make neon drinks? So if you're having an 80s theme party. So that, <laughs> but the cocktail's also delicious. Yeah, absolutely. So you're not compromising flavour for looks. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, and saffron gin is incredibly easy to make. I think my one, I had about half a litre of gin in a bottle. And then probably about five or six sort of strands of, of, of saffron in there. That's all you can afford. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so... Great to have the back of a cupboard because it just looks amazing. Please tell me you got the saffron from a spice merchant who wheeled past his trolley on the streets outside. <laughs> no, I got it from the cupboard. Oh, okay. This is less did, you get the, did you get the stuff in the cupboard from a spice Potentially, merchant yes. who was selling spices and mystical things from the Far East? Yeah, exactly. Exactly what happens. He comes around Canterbury every every week or so. The Far East and Ramsgate. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Well done, you. So, is, does the saffron rising have your approval? The saffron has risen. Has to it? The has it? Has it risen and sufficiently? It has risen. It has risen my feelings. <laughs> okay, good to know. There were so many other things that could have ended. It really, that could way. have been but... risen my esteem, risen my pride, risen my. Yeah. 
Okay. <laughs> but it's risen my feelings to I'm... a point of acceptance. <laughs> well, with anyway. our Saffron Risings firmly, firmly in hand, risen to the challenge, guiding the way, this will actually guide us through this the is, night. This is true, absolutely. <laughs> it's, it's glowing. It's luminous. Is it time for a story, Nick? It is most certainly time for a story. Hooray! Very much so. So this week, okay. I'm going back to our beginnings. Very, very, very early beginnings with a good old-fashioned Victorian poisoning. Yay! So, with a classic. <laughs> a classic. This is the story of Catherine Wilson, Ooh. a 19th century nurse who, out of concern for her patients' suffering and, and misery, helped them along to meet their maker. <laughs> Not before gently encouraging them to change a will or two, perhaps, along the way. <laughs> now, although she was only convicted of one murder, it is generally thought at the time that she had killed at least six other people. Oh dear. The judge who presided over her eventual trial, Justice John Barnard Biles, went so far <laughs> Barnard, Biles. Barnard Biles to claim that her counsel had defended the greatest criminal that had ever lived. <laughs> Finally. Finally. Uh, so we have it in writing from a judge, the greatest criminal who ever lived. The podcast ends here. <laughs> <laughs> I like that the judge was building up to that. Yeah. He's like, yes, this is the greatest criminal who ever lived. And then suddenly Thomas Cream comes in. Oh, God damn it. Why? Yeah. Come so, on. I, I think potentially he may have slightly been over the top. This is a slightly exaggerated thing. But I shall leave you to judge. A dramatic judge. Love one. So who was Catherine Wilson? Who, who was, was Catherine Wilson? Catherine Wilson was not, in fact, Catherine Wilson. Oh. She was born Constance Taylor. That's a good name. In 1817. At some point along the line, her, she changed her name, or her name was changed to Catherine Wilson. Hmm. Not entirely sure where or at what point, but I'm going to call her Catherine because that's how she's known in the, later in the story. Let's go through, yes. She was born in the small village of Surfleet in Lincolnshire. Oh. Um, her father was a carpenter. We don't know anything really about her mother, but it appears that by the time Constance, or Catherine rather, was a teenager, her mother was no longer on the scene. Oh. Um, more than likely she had passed away while, while Catherine was young. Now, it may well have been this sort of trauma at a relatively young age that turned Catherine into a bit of a, bit of a hellraiser. And she was <laughs> well known around the village for causing all sorts of mischief. It was right. claimed that when she was 14, she committed a notorious robbery notorious it was the report because there was a report on it reads that she had gone to the house of a friend as a child visitor and while there committed a theft <gasps> the servant was suspected taken in charge and convicted of the theft oh, the evidence against her being that of the child <sighs> who on being subsequently examined about the robbery confessed that she had committed it <gasps> but had fixed the crime upon the servant oh my god so yes, at 14, she's blaming, 14. she's snabbing stuff and blaming the help. Do we know what she stole? We don't know what she stole. Oh, God damn it! If it's the silverware... Yeah, I don't think it's going to be, I stole your portrait of Granny or something like that from, from off the wall. Or <laughs> I your, wasn't going to go for that. Or your grand piano. That's ballsy. <laughs> or something like that. Out with that a little snuff box that was on a table Ooh, yeah, or something, a little good. trinket. Oh, she stole a biscuit. Stole a biscuit from the tin. And then the servant was dragged through the streets. (laughs) She's walking behind going, I really overpitched this, yes. The biscuit, it was her, the biscuit. What are you doing with Lady Lady Sybil's biscuit tin? (laughs) It's a great line from Downton Abbey. Well, good. Okay. Well, yeah, that, that's yeah. pretty conniving. Let, pretty conniving. But, but then she, convinced, she confessed to it not long after, after some stern 
poking. poking. <laughs> Did you do it? Did you do it? Maybe Did she you? just went, it's a fucking biscuit. It's We're a biscuit. Get over it. <laughs> and the judge was like, she is the greatest criminal of all Greatest criminal of all. Dial it back a bit. Dial it back a bit. Oh, shit. The 14-year-old confessed. Now, it was after this most notorious deed. <laughs> notorious. Uh, notorious. That her father became unable to work. Um, again, we don't know exactly what happened, whether it was an accident or he was just getting it on a bit. But he was given a place in one of the locals' almshouses. Nice. So, obviously, well thought about throughout the, the local area that he was given one of these these sort of community homes. So, for the benefit of people who don't know what an almshouse is. So, an almshouse is it's a, like a step up from the poorhouse, really. So, it's yeah. not your sort of industrial poorhouse. They're generally relatively nice places to live, often owned by the parish or the local church. And, yeah, mem- community members who were down on their luck, really, but who were still good, solid community Christian people mm. um, would... Sometimes they would be granted one of these houses to live out the rest of their lives in relative without comfort, without having to go into the workhouse. Yes, and often these almshouses are beautiful. Oh, they're amazing. There are some not too far from here, actually, some old ones, and they are absolutely stunning in the, how they look. Yes, absolutely. it's one in Canterbury that I used to live in. Yeah, not, well, indeed. Not because I was poor. Because yeah. she was poor and the community <laughs> granted it to her. But her father was, was granted one of these houses, but unfortunately she was not able to take his daughter with him it was a him only sort of sort of ticket now after confessing to her notorious theft and her father's sort of um, moving into the arms house catherine left home she decided this was time for her to set off and make a life for herself and she goes to the nearby town of spalding all yeah, the heady heights of spalding <laughs> absolutely where in spalding she supposedly led a loose life <gasps> Not a loose life. A loose life. Now, what yeah. exactly she did to earn this reputation, we do, we do not know. But it does sound sufficiently scandalous that there's something terrible must have happened. A lot of the time, if you're a woman who isn't married exactly. and well, exactly. shooting out babies in wedlock, then you're yeah. a loose woman. You're a loose woman because she's, yeah. She enjoyed a gin. Precisely. And to be complimented by a man. Yeah, exactly. She had more than three hats. Oh! <laughs> loose! <laughs> dreadful, dreadful behaviour. Loose. Um, but it was while she was in Spalding um, that she began working as a nurse. A much more respectable occupation than being loose. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, what? <laughs> I know that it was a conscious career. Absolutely. I should no longer be loose. I should be a nurse. <laughs> From Spalding, she took her nursing skills to Boston, the one in Lincolnshire, not the American yes. one, um, just for <laughs> clarification, where she took up position as a housekeeper to the elderly and slightly eccentric sea captain, Peter Mauer. Brilliant. We do not have enough sea captains. We don't have enough sea captains. He's not in. It's particularly popular around around town. He a, has a very unfriendly, gruff reputation, enjoys shouting at people as they walk down the streets, stands at his windows yelling at folk, this sort of stuff. He's, 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 he's a great little character. Again, once again, Sea Captain, we think the guy in Mary Poppins who's yeah, on the roof. absolutely. <laughs> and secondly, we also think Nick in but a few years. <laughs> if only were I were a naval captain. <laughs> I have the uniform, it's great. <laughs> But Catherine, she is able to hold her own against the grumpy captain, and she remains in his employment for several years. In 1854, the old captain suddenly becomes stricken with fever. Dr. Call, who is all rather flummoxed by all of this, yes, the captain's getting on a bit, but after a, a life at sea, he was fighting fit. Mm. He was he was a healthy, healthy old chap. But with just within a few hours of his first symptoms, Captain Mauer is dead. Now the doctor oh. puts the death down to cholera. Bit of that going Yay. around, you know... And also, you know, he's old, he's got no children, is there no, one, no one really liked him. Um, <laughs> <laughs> who is really going to kick up a fuss? 
These really? are the doctor's notes. Pretty much. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you know what? Uh, all, no one liked it. Cholera. Fuck it. It's, it's like six on a Friday. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Oh, fucking cholera. <laughs> When Captain Mauer's uh, will is dug out, sort of relatives who have crawled out of the the woodwork, sort of, I'm the 16th cousin, 12th times removed, have sort of <laughs> crawled out, tr- hoping for to benefit somehow from this sort of th- this this well. man who has no wife, has no children. There, there must yeah. be an inheritance there somewhere. Yeah. But they are bitterly disappointed um, to find that Catherine Wilson is the sole beneficiary. Oh, how convenient! She quickly cashes up and leaves town. Mm-hmm. And mm. I will say, much as she probably orchestrated this, I'm going to hazard a guess. Also, where the fuck were all the other relatives? You can't well, just rock up. She at least looked after him. Well, for absolutely. A few years. And that's what I think that's what the, the end result was. They thought, well, he has been alone for many, many years. She's mm. the one who's been looking after him. Mm. Why wouldn't he? leave none of the other distant relatives give a shit yeah. um have ever been there so why what is so unusual about him leaving her that money so that's it there's no one pride any further now by 1856 Catherine had made her way down to london hoping to find her fortune of course in a city where the streets are paved with gold <laughs> i like the idea she's also floating down there in an umbrella <laughs> with an umbrella <laughs> cannon behind her <laughs> borrowed from I the captain the sea captain <laughs> mary poppins too with the revenge <laughs> she finds that her, her her modest inheritance does not at all go far in the big city. Oh, it bloody doesn't. It bloody oh, doesn't. The big the city. Cu- price of a cup of tea down there. Oh. <laughs> Absolutely. You can buy a house in Lincolnshire. Here you get a sausage. It's, it's terrible. <laughs> and not a Lincolnshire sausage either. No. It's just as well then that she meets James Dixon. Um, and the two quickly fall head over heels in love and move in together into lodgings in Bloomsbury, uh, the home of Mrs. Soames, a 50-year-old relatively recent widow. Now, this whirlwind romance between James and Catherine has hidden a few of James's more unpleasant attributes, habits, shall we say. Catherine soon discovers that James has a serious drinking problem and that he often becomes quite abusive um, when he has had a few too many. Still, it's something of a surprise to his friends when he suddenly becomes violently, violently unwell. In June 1856, Dr. Widborne is called Widborne and is told that that James has become sick with violent vomiting and purging um, after eating a meal. James is dead within two days. Nursed constantly by the oh, devoted of Catherine. Of course, of course. What the hell was in that sauce? Well, indeed. Now, Dr. <laughs> Widmore, he recommends an autopsy. He is not sure what's going on here. He thinks one should be carried out. But for whatever reason, <laughs> <I> lo- <laughs> nothing is done. I recommend an autopsy. He's not dead. <laughs> <laughs> he he was dead at this that point. That was his only diagnosis <laughs> the whole time. An autopsy will tell us what's happened. <laughs> Could you not give him some medicine? No, let's wait until he's dead. Come uh, open. After, <laughs> after the death. After, after the, the death. death. He, he goes, recommended the autopsy. He comes back in. Is he dead yet? Autopsy! Autopsy! I'm not a good doctor! <laughs> For whatever reason, we don't know why, his request, his suggestion is overlooked. No, don't cut up my darling husband. And no, yes, I indeed, no autopsy is carried out. Oh, it's that cholera again. It's that cholera. cholera it's going cholera. around, it's going around a bit, it's going around Just a bit. Blame it on yeah, cholera. Absolutely. Catherine stays lodging in Bloomsbury with Mrs. Soames. A small inheritance from James helps, but he's not a well. He wasn't a wealthy man. The money does not last forever. Catherine needs cash and quick. On the sixteenth of October, Mrs. Soames begins complaining of feeling rather unwell. No, surely not the cholera. Two days later, the previously healthy woman 
is dead. Catherine again at her bedside. My first, my lover, dear James. Now my landlady, Mrs. Soames, <laughs> all dead. Why me? <laughs> None of Mrs. Soames' family objected. When well, a relatively modest amount was left to Catherine um, in her will, after all, Catherine had helped look after their mother in the in the past few months and stuff. Has had been there for her, and it is obviously what her mother had wanted. I think potentially, if everything is going to Catherine, there may have been more concerns about that but if i'm not too greedy if i don't do too much just a little bit then who's really gonna is anyone gonna cause a fuss about this because it might well go to court and all that and that's costs so don't get too greedy and she didn't Catherine takes the cash and she packs up and she leaves london now she goes quiet for a few years all we know is that she is making regular trips back up to boston to a visit at mrs jackson now, most likely, Mrs. Jackson was someone that Catherine knew from her younger, younger years, and she has rekindled this friendship. She seems to spend the next couple of years sort of ingratiating herself into Mrs. Jackson's life. Bites her time. Bites her time. She, yeah, absolutely. So, Makes you think, like, who else was she visiting in well, these interim years? This is very, very true, because we don't know where she... She wasn't in London. We don't think she was living with Mrs. Jackson in Boston, so where she was she was staying, mm. we're not entirely sure. She seems like a clever woman, isn't she? Most certainly. Really- to bide her time absolutely yeah absolutely so she's visiting people all over the UK she, she could be yeah absolutely visiting three or four five six different people Ooh. and sort of on a Tuesday is Mrs Jackson on a Wednesday is Mrs blah blah or whatever all over the place but we know about Mrs. Jackson. Not long after one of her visits to Mrs. Jackson, Mrs. Jackson becomes violently ill, oh, yeah. suffering cramps, vomiting, nausea, all the horrendous things, four days straight before finally succumbing to her new illness. I'm sorry, Miss Jackson. Sorry, Miss Jackson. Now, after her death, relatives discovered that Mrs. Jackson has withdrawn a relatively large sum of money from her bank, but the money is nowhere to be seen. Nowhere to be seen? Nowhere to be seen. It's not in the house. It's a ghost money. It's ghost money there have been no sort of works or anything that will require payments to contractors or builders or anything it is just gone so was Catherine surprisingly <laughs> oh so now she's gotten greedy there's a will is one thing a big lump of cash big just here have some cash yeah. now whether mrs jackson did this under duress or whether Catherine was able to sort of convince Mrs. Jackson that she needed to go to the bank and she needed to give her a loan or something like that to pay for something so and willingly gave her the money and you'd hope she didn't drag her to the bank while she was puking (laughs) (laughs) I think I think the bank withdrawal came before the puking being ill oh okay she secured the money yeah so the money was was obtained as was secured and then evidence was covered up now in 1860 Catherine returns to London um, and is living in Lambeth with her new fella Sam Taylor now she hadn't been there too long where she is sought out by a Mrs Aikinson now Mrs Aikinson turns out to be James Dixon's aunt remember James Dixon her original lover from Bloomsbury Mrs. Aikinson, the aunt, has come down to London from Cumbria on business um, and decided to seek out the woman that James had been living with just before he had he had died. Oh. And the pair appear to strike up quite the friendship, even though Mrs. Atkinson started to get slightly suspicious when £50 from her bag disappeared after one of her visits to Catherine. So, hey, she's flushed. She, well, absolutely. She's, 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 she's got, Well, she's down on business. Perhaps it was a withdrawal from the bank or she meant to take it to the bank or something or... So some sort of business expenses. How much is that back in those days? Well, it's a lot of money. So it's she's yeah, absolutely. No, so, but that's the thing. It's like a fifty-pound note slipping away this day and age. You'd go, 
you'd notice that mm. you would notice that but you might go oh, it's a single note back then that's equivalent of just taking out a huge wadge of cash it's a, yes, absolutely you would notice and be suspicious yeah, of and actually well, but i suppose you don't want to suspect your own someone who who you're a friend with you would hope yeah, you that you're your that your first and your first thought was you fucking stole my money but mr atkinson is more trusting than you mm. and is determined to see the best in her friends unlike unlike you Uh, we've learned we've learned through this podcast Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile with the price of just about everything going up during inflation we thought we'd bring our prices down so to help us we brought in a reverse auctioneer which is apparently a thing Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit get 30, bit get 20, 20, 20, bit get 20, 20, bit get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. But as we say, Mrs. Atkinson has given Catherine the benefit of the doubt, and the two started writing to each other quite regularly. But on one of her next trips down to London, she has only been in town a couple of days when her husband back home in Cumbria receives a telegram from Catherine telling him that his wife is seriously ill. Oh my. Now, was she ill at the time that she sent it? Well, who knows? She just arrived and, like, Catherine's writing out a telegram going, I'm just going to send it to someone. Go, yeah, she's really ill. Oh, she will be mm, Well, indeed. She, she, obviously, she'd only been there a couple of days. She, she wasn't ill when she left Cumbria. Mm. She'd been in London a couple of days. And now, now her husband is getting this letter going, oh, it's all terribly, terribly terrible. Mrs. Atkinson leaves for London immediately and arrives on the 19th of October, the day before his wife dies. Oh. Catherine, ever the opportunist even manages to milk money out of this distraught widower um, by telling him that mrs atkinson had borrowed money from her just before she had died um, and she needed it back what (laughs) oh for god's sake so i loaned mrs atkinson 50 pounds the other day now she's dead 
Can I please have my fifty pounds? Oh, while he's looking over his while he's court, he's there with his arm wife around distraught. the shoulder, like I'm yeah. so sorry, I lent her fifty quid, and you pay it back whenever you need to. But like now's handy. But also, <laughs> the bank closes in like an hour. By 1862, Catherine is working as a live-in nurse, taking care of Mrs. Sarah Carnell. Now, the ever persuasive Catherine soon persuades Mrs. Carnell to change her will in Catherine's favour. Now, with that task complete, Catherine decides to bring her employer a nice, a soothing draft. Gone to the, the pharmacist. I need something for my employer. She's not feeling very well. Okay. Do you have anything soothing, calming? Entirely lovely. Drink it down, love. It'll warm you, she says. Aww. Now, Carnell takes a mouthful of this and instantly spits the <gasps> burning liquid out and screams. Oh, Jesus. Catherine flees from the room as other servants come <laughs> running in. And it is noticed that the liquid that Sarah Carnell has spat out has burnt a hole oh. through the bedclothes. Oh, Catherine had given Sarah a nice glass of sulfuric acid. What? No. Tasty, tasty sulfuric acid. She gave us sulfuric acid? Just a nice, tasty glass of sulfuric acid. What? Hoping, I suppose, if she would have swallowed it, it would have just dissolved her inside. Or burned her body Yeah, absolutely. But she managed to just instantly spit it out. No. Burn the inside of her mouth dissolve half the bed um, i'm surprised that she ran and she yeah absolutely i mean this is an obvious Mistake. sort of obvious attempt at something horrible panicked or, or yeah. she's bought the wrong thing because she's obviously gotten away with everything before and she's used different poison but, Ab- but why to go why to go with that we we well god knows mm. now Catherine is soon apprehended um but she denies any knowledge of how the acid got into this glass Mm. she claims that it must have been a mistake by the pharmacist who had prepared the medicine he has given me the wrong vial he has prepared the wrong mixture not my fault at all i kind of feel like she's right Mm. but not in the way that she's portraying it because she must have gone asking for some sort of poison or something to kill rats or something or, or, or use the old excuses. Yeah. And the pharmacist has said, oh, this liquid, this will do it. And say it's poison. Yeah, it's poison. And has not said it's sulfuric acid. Maybe so. This will burn your floorboards. <laughs> yeah, we've got to shift this. We're not sold the, the, I mean, the, the pharmacist categorically denies any such accusation he gave her exactly what she asked for a a medicinal tonic there was no poison or anything like that in there it was purely a legitimate medicine that he had provided no chance that he mistook the the vials or anything like that and gave her a glass of pure sulfuric (laughs) acid Catherine wilson is arrested and tried for attempted murder now lord chief baron pollock he does not believe Wilson's story at all. And in court, he bluntly tells the, tells the jury that Catherine Wilson is guilty. Whoa. In his summation, she is guilty mm-hmm. of this attempted murder. Nice. The jury disagree. They find her not guilty. Oh, my God. And she is free to go. What? Well, they, they, they don't believe this. I mean, this attempted murder is so unbelievably stupid. To try and do it this way. They sort of think, well, yes, it's more than likely that, yeah, the pharmacist did fuck up, give her the wrong medicine, or it was a legitimate mistake that she 
poured the wrong thing yeah. into the glass or something you, like that. Because there's but no you, way that you'd think that giving you, someone sulfuric acid would be a subtle way. Exactly. Of they, they they just think there's no way that you would try and commit murder by getting someone to drink sulfuric acid. It's and just not immediately admit to it. Yeah, it's just an absolutely crazy thing. So yeah. they side and the with her. The judge has got some sort of agenda. The, the judge has obviously completely disagrees. Says no, he, she <laughs> she's a horrible woman. She tried to kill her, but the jury go no. If she did, that's fucking insane. <laughs> oh, what was the nice dynamic between the judge and the jury there? <laughs> However, she's not as free as she thinks. No. Now, the media coverage of this case, of the woman who had attempted to dissolve her boss, um, <laughs> people start coming forward with other unexplained or sudden deaths that had occurred in the proximity yes. of Catherine Wilson. That's good. And suspicion starts to grow, and police launch an investigation into these other allegations. Now, as she is on trial for the attempted murder of Sarah Carnell, the authorities order the exhumation of the bodies of some of Catherine's former patients, including yeah. landlady Mrs. Soames, including her ex-partner James Dixon, Mrs. Akinson. They are all exhumed. The investigation produces evidence that Mrs. Soames' death has been caused by the poison colchicine. Yes! Oh! <laughs> ah, there it is! There okay, it is! <laughs> Referenced by some of our lovely listeners. Indeed. Now, colchicine is a medicine that was routinely prescribed for gout. Gout. Absolutely. So it was something that you could quite easily get at the pharmacist. And it is derived from a particular species of the crocus flower, the crocus plant, in small quantities. It is a most effective medicine, as many things are. However, in excessive quantities, it is quite, quite lethal, causing weakness, vomiting, confusion, kidney failure, and eventual death. As soon as Catherine leaves the courthouse after being found not guilty of attempted murder, she is quickly rearrested for the murder of Mrs. Soames. Like all the policemen are outside. <laughs> Now, Catherine's trial for the poisoning and murder of Mrs. Soames begins on the 25th of September, 1862. Mm. She is defended by Montague Williams, who the same yes. chap who has defended her in the Carnell case and yep. got her off scot free. So they're thinking, we're fine. They're, fe- they're feeling fine. confident, absolutely. Practice one, practice one. <laughs> exactly, yeah, we got away with that one. We're all good. During the trial, it was shown that Mrs. Soames had died from the effects of colchicine. Soon after rewriting the will in favour of Catherine Wilson, the prosecution also referred to the numerous other deaths that had occurred after the, the victims had changed their wills in favour to Catherine. Mm. She's not tried for those crimes, but they are referenced as sort of supporting evidence yes. in a, a pattern of behaviour. Dr. Alfred Swain Taylor, um, a toxicologist and a medical writer who we have referenced many times before. There he is. Um, he's he's in, in court and he states that though the many deaths uh, were registered as English cholera, they were, in fact, cases of secret poisoning. Nice. Secret, <laughs> secret poisoning. Now, in the judge's summation, he states, I regret to say that the startling statement made by Dr. Taylor in the course of his evidence is correct, and that in the midst of apparent prosperity and obedience to the law, a dreadful crime and vice is rife in this metropolis. The destruction of life by poisoning he goes on to tell the jury that he has never heard of a case which was more clearly proved that murder had been committed and where the excruciating pain and agony of the victim was watched with so much deliberation by the murderer <laughs> going on to claim that she was the most violent the most worst killer in the history 
of all killers. Oh, that is a judge in his chamber <laughs> licking the pen like, okay, how many adjectives can I get into this? This is my moment to shine, Exactly, everybody. this is my moment. <laughs> and we have our summation. The jury take two hours to consider the evidence and this time they do in- agree with the judge, declaring <laughs> Catherine Wilson guilty of willful murder. And the judge passes the sentence of death. Now, Catherine is the first woman to be sentenced to death for about 14 years. But the public have very little sympathy um, for her. Um, Harper's Weekly wrote, From the age of 14 to that of 43, her career was one of undeviating yet complex vice, as foul in life as bloody in hand. And she seems not to have spared the poison draft even to the partners of her adultery and sensuality. Hers was an undeviating career of the foulest personal vices and the most cold-blooded and systematic murders, as well as deliberate and treacherous robberies. <laughs> Calm down. Yeah. <laughs> Female secret poisoner. Indeed. The worst of all the criminals. Worst, the most horrendous of all people. Right. While Catherine was in prison, John Mauer, the brother of the, the sea captain, Peter Mauer, yeah. um, wrote to Catherine hoping to get her c- to confess to the killing of his brother. Mm. Um, and he asked for permission to visit her. In Catherine's response, she declines his request for a visit and says... This is a quote. I most solemnly declare that I am innocent of those dreadful charges. There has not been any poison ever traced to my possession or satisfactory proof that anyone has died by poison. At the same time, how much better to die innocent than guilty. I have been in prison six months. My time has been sent seeking that saviour that alone can save my soul. Next Monday, by this time, I shall be in eternity. There to give account to the deeds done. I am not afraid to die. Now, despite claiming she's not afraid to die, um, she still appeals her sentence, claiming that there is no solid proof that she has poisoned anyone. It's all rumour, conjecture, coincidence. Mm. Her appeal is entirely unsuccessful. Eventually, the date arrives, Monday the 20th, 1862. The time comes for the sentence to be carried out. Now, as I say, it's been 14 years since a woman has last been executed, and it is quite the spectacle. But many spectators camp out overnight in the pouring rain to make sure they get a good spot. A reporter from the Cheltenham Mercury reports, from Smithfield to Ludgate Hill, there was a dense mass of human beings. And at all the windows in Old Bailey from which a view could be obtained were well-dressed people, many of whom have provided themselves with opera glasses, which were levelled at the miserable woman when she came from the prison to die. <laughs> at, a nice use of an opera glass. Absolutely. At the gallows, Catherine was asked if there anything she had to say, and she defiantly declared, I am innocent. And then she dropped. The story of Catherine Wilson. Great poisoning <laughs> story. And the first appearance of that poison. Well, indeed. Well. I mean, was she the greatest criminal that ever lived? No. I'm probably going to go with no. Well, I do have thoughts, though. Okay, tell me your thoughts. I don't think she's the greatest criminal who ever lived. Yeah. However, because she was caught and hanged. <laughs> but it makes a good point, I suppose, in comparison to some of the other cases we have. Where is the evidence, apart from the trail of death that is left in her wake... Where is the evidence that she poisoned anyone? Yeah, and it's the, it was a very popular defence at the time, in the early, sort of the start of the Victorians, end mm. of the previous period. 
but at that time a lot of people said well you can't prove that I administered the poison so the yeah. person might have been poisoned but how could you say it was me now obviously in this case there's a lot of people in her yeah. wake who have died Absolutely. and if they dig them up then they find they've got this particular kind of poison so it's more than likely that she did it I find it strange when people just protest their innocence to the end even when the chance of appeal has gone Maybe it it's is. arrogance or maybe Well, it's... yeah, I mean, maybe people are help, hoping for a, a last-minute reprieve. Someone mm. is now then suddenly convinced of their innocence when they're on the scaffold. It's, mm. it, it never happens. And at, at this point she's as well... She's telling the truth as well when she says no poison has ever been tied to me. So she's not lying. No, well, indeed. there's Nothing has ever been proven to be... There's no evidence that she's ever... She's bought anything. Mm. Uh, bought any colchicine or anything like that. There is the whole sulfuric acid incident, mm. but... Yeah, she's been acquitted of that. Yeah. Um, the the jury are convinced that it was entirely not her fault yeah. on, on that one, or it was an accident. Yeah, it was, yeah. Just, but it certainly wasn't a, an attempted murder. I mean, it looks too suspicious if you've been tried on one hand for sulfuric acid. Yes, you can't be tried for the same crime twice and everything. But if she's been involved in that, then turns up and some load of other people have died. Very much that sort of pattern that has formed mm. of the places that she has been, the people that she has been employed by, the people she's supposed to be looking after, mm. all have died a very strikingly similar sort of sim- symptoms yeah. and circumstances yeah. that there is a pattern going on there. Yes, we haven't been able to prove the, yeah, that she has bought this this particular poison yeah, or anything like that. that they um, gave her medicine. Yeah. Gave her medicine. So, so yeah, but it is this, yeah. this pattern that has emerged that they are taking as, well, that's what happened. But only emerged because of that accident with if it was an accident only has emerged because of the incident with sulfuric acid yeah and she has been acquitted so she walks away but that then prompts the press or others to go hang on a minute yeah there were several other people she's died and so and so died and actually this is a bit weird because mm. we did think at the time that these people were healthy and then they died but then they were old so that adds it up and it's the power of the press really well it is completely because she's she jumps around quite a lot as well she's in boston mm. and she's in london and she's back in boston again yeah. she's in different parts of london so there's perhaps no one there until it's in the national press to sort of connect this woman with all these other bits and people as far as they're concerned it's an isolated incident yeah. um but yeah it's when the press comes in yeah. and that she's splashed all over the papers all over the country Catherine wilson on trial for murder of her of her charge of the woman she was supposed to be looking after where people yeah. go i fucking know that name and people do use the press to kind of go oh yeah i'm gonna jump in on this story and tell lies for sure there's um there's all sorts that i could talk about which i won't talk about on this episode maybe on a patreon or something but um when i was a journalist and i learned a lot of press law there are some amazing stories out there about court cases that were turned by the power of the press Mm. by appealing to things and what you thought was a very straightforward case in court as soon as you start asking a bit further and wider through the press completely change the course of a case to a very very dark place some of them some of them are amazing some of them are absolutely fascinating I don't know. I mean, Catherine Wilson, it seems like... It seems pretty cut and dry. I mean, it does, but... When and she's you... a poisoner, but she was a clever one. Yeah, though. absolutely. If she was on trial now, without evidence, there was no way she would have been convicted. Indeed. But obviously, at the time, there was <laughs> less, <laughs> less rigour, perhaps, applied to um, to it. <laughs> Calling her the greatest criminal of all That seems time. a stretch. That the, seems we, a stretch. We hear that a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Usually as a sign to women. Well, that is true. That is actually Female very true. Poisoners, yeah. they're supposed to be gentle, supposed to be lovely. Yeah, and then That's they become a very fair point. killers, and then they're like greatest killer of all time. <laughs> I'm, I remember one of our previous episodes we did 
I can't remember, I can't remember which, which one it was, but yeah, absolutely. It was, it was a female killer who the judge said, yes, you're the, great, the, the greatest criminal, the greatest, most mm-hmm. evil person in the history of the world ever. And, and then, but the week before, he had tried like a, a, a chap who had killed 12 of his children yes. or something like that. <laughs> and that was fine. That's absolutely fine. But this woman who killed like three aunts or something was yeah. the most evil woman who had ever existed. So yeah, it certainly speaks to the sort of the misogyny of the time. Indeed. <laughs> and, you know, killers are killers at the end of the day. True, true. It doesn't matter of your gender. But yes, the way they're portrayed <laughs> in the press. Also, the judge just kind of goes, oh, I'm going to flex my muscles. Well, absolutely, Woo-hoo! yeah. I Potentially going... Knew that a, a woman hadn't been hanged for Yeah, what well, knew, th- knew this was in the press. Knew yeah. this was... This, was in the, this, is, this is my time to shine. I want that promotion. <laughs> <laughs> so I imagine... need people to notice me, so I'm going to go all out. You can't get much more of a promotion than a judge, can well. you? What kind of judge? House of Lords, you, you, can, oh, you, can, you can go up. So law lords and all that sort of stuff. So, mm, yeah. I guess so, I guess so. But you can can you imagine how many times he did his speech? And he was just going, <laughs> practicing in the mirror. This woman has been the blightest. Wait, start over. Hang on. Okay, I'm ready now. I'm ready now. Don't write that down, you bastards. Well, a great story, Nick. Oh, back to Victorian poisons. Love it. What do you think, people? What do you think about the story of Catherine Wilson? Was she one of the greatest criminals? Because she was rather sly. She was caught, obviously. But was it maybe due to a slip up on her part? What do we think about the sulfuric acid? Was it was it entirely accidental and unplanned? Yeah. Was it a legitimate mistake from the pharmacist who screwed up her plan? She had been going well for ten years odd. Do you think that she was intentionally setting out this path for herself from a young age, or was she just a victim of circumstance? Did she adapt halfway through? Maybe she had never had poison on her mind until later on when she realised she was benefiting from things. Oh, there's all sorts of elements to this story. What do you think about uh, judges who give really long rambling <laughs> statements? We've had quite a few, We've had a few of them. good ones on this show. Do recollect your favourite ones in the comments on any of the social media platforms that you follow. And wherever you listen to this episode, jump on the comments and tell us your thoughts. And most importantly, I, I think you should mix up a saffron rising well absolutely yeah indeed we've finished it chuck some saffron in with some gin if you haven't got the saffron just use gin <laughs> yeah <laughs> to be honest you won't get the amazing yellow color but if you if you're desperate for a cocktail go without the saffron just go with some gin i'll go out on a limb and say you're like us people will be buying you gin and sometimes they'll buy you a generic gin you're like oh mm. okay that's absolutely fine if you've got a spare bottle of gin around if or a got, smaller bottle yeah. like one of those half bottles or something just stick some saffron in that. Absolutely. Then you've got saffron gin. Still tastes the same. Little tiny hint of earthy. There was a tiny hint of something going on. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, in the back of a cupboard for, give it three or four days, you're going to have a beautifully yellow, amazingly yellow coloured gin, which exactly. is, yeah, great. Impress your friends this spring with true, a lovely, true. lovely yellow cocktail or impress your Tinder date. Quite. With the magic that you wield. What's not to love? <laughs> Tell us what you think of the episode. Keep sending us suggestions of more stories, more topics you would like us to cover in season three. We're very open to hear suggestions of topics that you have liked us delving into in the past or that you'd like our spin on. Please send those to us in direct messages, on email or any other medium. Shout them out the window. We'll probably hear you. If you love what you hear, please join us on Patreon as well, where you get new episodes every single week and as well as extra bonus content. Do leave us a review if you can, if you fancy. That'd be fantastic on on iTunes or wherever it is you get your podcast. It really helps us get up those rankings and get more people 
to experience the delight that is the Poisonous Cabinet. Yes, it's been a while. We could we could use some new reviews yeah. from some of our new listeners. We know you love us, but it really, really helps. So please do leave a review wherever you listen to us. Thanks for listening, guys. We have been the people inside the Poisonous Cabinet. We will see you next week. And remember, your loved ones are trying to kill you. Bye.